your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, a listener who was in touch with the Limerick Today show this week claims that he was charged €200 Euro by a priest to do a funeral mass. Is this the norm? Or was this an unusual request? Well, a lot of you reacted to it yesterday on the show and WhatsApped and texted us on 0861239595. You can call directly as well, of course, 461995. So we wanted to find out a bit more and we're joined now by Graham Gleisher from the Funeral Directors Association. Morning to you, Graham. How Morning, are you doing? Morning, Joe. Thank you. Good. Thank you. So... This sort of payment, I mean, is it the norm and is it called an offering? Is that right? So, Joe, it, what the church call it is an offering in that it's not a charge, it's not a fee, and that if anybody doesn't want to or isn't able to make that payment, they will absolutely waive it. It's, it's an offering, which is what they suggest would be paid. Yeah. Um, and I think you have pretty strong views on this in terms of, what families are prepared to pay for around funerals and how they react to the concept of the offering? Well, I suppose, Joe, the first thing is you don't have to go to church and it's up to every person individually whether they want to or not. Secondly, you can have your um, ceremony, whatever type of ceremony you want, in obviously in the funeral home, if you're using a funeral home. Um, in, I, I know in, in recent times there are hotels and community centres and places like that where... Uh, a funeral service of some sort takes place and if people want to do that they can do that of course they're not they're, nobody's forcing anyone to go into church but i think people do need to remember that if you do go to church you're using their facilities really and, and if you do go to a hotel or somewhere you obviously pay for their for their facilities you do the same in the church really and what you're what you're paying your 200 euros or so it's really for the use the upkeep and the maintenance of the church itself the light and heat and that, and obviously, it's also part of that is for the priest and the and 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 their daily expenses, living expenses, and the time that they give you around the funeral. Mm. And has it been your experience as a funeral director and your colleagues in the Irish Association of Funeral Directors that uh, people don't have any great problem paying hundreds for singers, for example, but don't like it when the church uh, requests an offering? Well, I suppose, Joe, if you look at it, when, when you're looking at the, the cost of the funeral afterwards and people are very, we're, we're very clear to show people what every payment that is made on their behalf, what it is for. And we, we would clearly explain that the, the church and the priest offering, um, what, it, like we said, they're somewhere around 200 euros. But uh, I just made a point yesterday to your researcher that, you know, somebody would, would quite easily order a wreath of flowers for maybe 150 euros or so. They're quite happy to pay musicians to come to the church to sing maybe six or seven hymns or songs at the Mass for two or three hundred. They'll pay Radio Live 95 for their announcements. You know, there's different things that they'll pay. I don't think myself that it's unfair for the facility you get in the church and the time you spend there and the time the priest spends with you um, to pay to pay someone like that. You you can obviously go to somewhere else. You can get a civil celebrant or someone to do it as well. Right. Um, so you, you are, are dealing to, I presume, with costs other than the priest's time, you know, the lighting and heating of a church. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're, they're all part of it. You're, you're using, like, you, you drive in the gate of the church. Obviously, the grass is cut, the place is nicely kept, there's parking, there's light and heat, there's um, music facilities and amplification. You have somebody there to open the doors, have the place ready and warm for you. You have the priest to welcome you. He will have come to the house the night before and spoken to you or gone through things on the phone. You want him. I suppose if you put it down, think about it. You want that person 
to to officiate and to emcee the ceremony that you're holding for your closest loved one. And it's very, very important. It can only happen once. Nowadays, it's live streamed to your family all over the world in most churches. And it, it's a very important thing. I don't think it's over the top to pay them that money by any means. Yeah. We're chatting to Graham Gleeser from the Irish Association of Funeral Directors about, as you say, the offering that would be made to the priest and the church for use and presiding over a funeral. I suppose, to be fair to all concerned here, there was a time when you know more people were regular mass goers than they are today. And Jews would come around and be paid at various points and you know there was probably more revenue going into the local church as a result. Um, now it's far less the case, isn't it? And, and as a consequence, in all honesty, I'm sure there are people listening to this show and the only time that they're in churches is for you know, christenings, uh, marriages or funerals. That's right, Joe. As we all know, the, the, the attendance at church is down a lot and um, obviously the, the webcam is a big difference to that for people can watch the Mass from home and what the churches, what they're, what they're being given in general along the way is obviously down a lot as well. And like you say, a lot of people will only go to church for weddings, christenings, funerals, first communions and they're delighted to use the church in those days and they want the facilities, they want to feel it's our local church and it's part of our community. But uh, you know, when you when you are making your payments, I, I don't think it's fair to say we we shouldn't pay for that. Mm. Now, Graham, a listener asks, well, if funeral directors automatically put down on bills what the fee is, so people automatically assume that it is what they owe, and this has developed over time. Who's going to challenge it on a bill, really? Well, when we when we sit down with a family, we're telling them the payments. We're explaining to people these are the payments that we will make on your behalf over the next few days. Obviously, um, the radio announcements, the flowers, the musicians, the church, the men opening and closing, digging the grave, cemetery caretakers, all the different parts. We would say to them, these are the recommended amounts that that we would normally pay. And if somebody says to me, I don't want to, uh, it's one of the few things that's discretionary. If somebody says, I don't want to pay the church that, I would say to them, you don't have to. If 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 you say, no, I won't, or I don't want to, or I can't, I would say to that priest, um, look, this family, for whatever reason, won't be making an offering. And they will say, well, look, that's fine. We'll go ahead, of course. We're not going to refuse anybody to come into the church, which I think is very fair, you know. And, Graham, do you often come across that situation? No, Joe. I would say one one in five years we would have a situation where people are very strapped for money. Uh, it's, it's usually something very sad. And we would say, look, Father, in this case, these people really, you know, it's a tragedy or whatever. They really just don't have money. It's very low. And they would say, look, look, just leave that go. Don't worry about it. Right. Also, what about the sacristan and the um, altar servers, if they're there? Well, sacristan is, is is also, it's one of the two things that, that were recommended a figure. So let's say the bishop of, of the, the area or the diocese would say, we recommend 200 euros would be paid for the church and the priest of their time. And what they would normally recommend the sacristan would usually somewhere around 50, maybe or 80 euros. It, that's for the person whose who more or less day job is to come and open the church and provide the, the, the maintenance of the daily, the daily side of the church. Yeah. I know this is outside your specific remit, but just from your local knowledge, you know, would fees be attached to weddings or is that much more discretionary? And again, it seems that people don't have as much of a problem on a happy occasion. Maybe. Yes, obviously. And, and obviously you can plan a wedding. You, you say, I'm getting married in six months' time or, or a year's time, and I know these are the costs I'm facing. As far as I understand, Joe, there is, there is generally an offering for the church to use for a wedding. Um, somewhere similar, maybe a bit more, depending on what's involved. 
And if you think of what people spend at a wedding on the flowers, on the car, on the, obviously the reception, on the, um, the different parts of the clothes, the, um, the music, like I, I think it's a small part to pay for the facility that you get at the time. Now, you mentioned about the itemised bill that mm-hmm. somebody gets. So, in general... Is it a flat fee from the funeral director and that that is uh, referenced on the bill specifically and itemised? Uh, generally, that's what we would recommend as an association to our members. We would we recommend saying to people, this is what you pay for the coffin. This is what you pay for the payments that are being made on your behalf. As I said, there the, the different payments that are made. And this is our, our charge for everything we do from start to finish. And then we will explain what that is. Mm. Do you think, particularly in the current circumstances where costs are going up across the board, that funerals from now on will cost even more? Uh, I, I suppose florists and radio stations and musicians and those people will probably have to raise their, their charges a small bit. Um, as a profession in general, we we haven't raised ours and we we try not to. Obviously, one of our coffin suppliers during the year said to us, you know, the timber, the cost of timbers, everybody knows the moment is rising and they raise their, their, their prices 5% or so like that. But we would try to absorb that when possible because we come to a point where we feel this is value for people. We do a good job. We do it. Everybody's happy to pay it and they think we're worth what they give us. And I don't want to have to, to rise that Unless it's unless I'm really, uh, it's, it's something that I completely have to do. How do you balance um, conversations with people where you know they are concerned about the money? You know, sometimes the deceased may have left a fund, um, but there are times, as you quite rightly point out, where it's not the case. And with rising costs, at the same time, it's very important to families that they feel they give an appropriate, I suppose you'd call it, send off to their loved one. Um, so so it, it must be one of the most difficult aspects of all of this in your job. Well, we try to be very clear, Joe, because clarity is obviously the, the main thing we want to get across. And we'd ask a few people always to come in to sit down to make arrangements so that somebody hopefully will have a clear head and take in what we're saying. So we're, we're explaining to them what is essential and then the discretionary thing. So so obviously you don't have to have somebody playing live music in the church. You can play one of somebody's maybe a favourite hymn on a CD or on a phone nowadays. That that that's one way of cutting down. You don't need to have lots of different wreaths of flowers. You can have one or you don't need any. You know, the RIP notices are very good value for people. The radio notices, we would explain to people that if you if you feel this is suitable for you and will cover the area you want and do what you want to do. They're, you know, maybe choose them instead of um, very few times nowadays we'd use a national newspaper because they're expensive. So we would say to people at the time, you know, let's let's cut our cloth according to the measure. And, and you know, if things are a little bit tight here and that, well, well, please tell us from the beginning so that we can guide you when someone comes in to choose a coffin, when they when they choose the different things along the way, we will we will try to guide them from the start and say, um, you know, would this not be a better option for you considering the circumstances? Is cremation cheaper? Um, cremation is cheaper, Joe, depending on where you live and the cost of a local grave. So if you don't, if, if, if you unfortunately had a funeral to deal with tomorrow, and especially if it was sudden, you weren't expecting it, and if you're local, to buy a new grave for your family in that cemetery is expensive, um, the cremation will be a cheaper option. Sometimes, a lot of the time in, the, in, in, in rural Ireland, the grave cost is, isn't excessive and the cost of the cremation is going to be very similar, so it becomes more of a personal choice. You can do whichever you prefer because the cost will be similar. But if, let's say, if we were in Dublin tomorrow 
and the price of a local grave was 6,000 or 8,000 euros, well, obviously, that makes a huge difference to what, what your cost of cremation would be. Yes, of course it does. And, and Graham, I mean, another thing that occurs to me is you need, as a funeral director, enormous diplomatic skills. I mean, you made a very interesting point there a couple of minutes ago about you know, having a number of people uh, with you when you're going through costs uh, and the options, um, as you said, hoping that one of them has uh, a clear mind. So, A, would you recommend that someone reasonably close to the family, but maybe not immediate family, is involved in that process that they trust? And and B, obviously sometimes then the, the principal person uh, who the chief mourner, as it were, wants to be deeply involved, and that that must be uh, challenging. It's very difficult, Joe, because you have to be very, very, very careful and conscious of the family. Uh, and you know, if it's if it's let's say it's a young mother, you have to be very careful that maybe their children or their daughter wants to be involved in um, choosing the type of coffin, choosing the flowers, deciding on the music, the very personal parts of it. So you really want somebody there with them, and you want so you also want somebody. You, so you need someone who's personal and who's involved and who's who's very close to, to know what they're talking about. And then at the same time, you need someone with a clear head on their shoulders who can remember what you're saying and take in what you're saying and maybe guide guide them along the way and say, look, you know, Tuesday maybe very soon for this. Would we not give us another day and give the chance of the, the family a chance to catch catch up maybe or someone is traveling? Will we give them a chance? You know, we're trying to gently explain this is this might be a good, good idea and worth taking yes. taking the point. So, because the extra twenty-four hours can be the difference between doing something you might regret well, or certainly. not. Certainly, and, and and obviously, if people are traveling, coming back a little bit again now, thankfully, with things coming back to normal, traveling is coming back. So, we had two years where nobody came from anywhere for a funeral. Now we're we're talking to people, and they're saying, "Look, you know, she has a grandson in in France, or we have a, a nephew in in Belgium, or Holland, or somewhere in Europe, or maybe America, or even Australia, and they won't get home until tomorrow." So we would say, "Well, look, why don't we park tomorrow? Leave you catch up with you." Your own things give everybody a chance to catch their breath and we'll go ahead the following day and, yeah. and we know for a fact they'll be home we will we don't want to upset we don't want someone traveling and then afterwards finding that they landed here a little bit late and they missed the whole thing yeah yeah it was really interesting though as you know i mean across the water funerals can take what a number week of weeks or, a number of weeks. yes and, yeah three or four but, weeks but the thing that a lot of people wonder about in the irish context in that sense is you know that feels like a long time I think Irish people would, would, I think it's natural that we'd find it very difficult mm. that if somebody died today belonging to you and you spend two or three days organising and preparing it, like, I suppose our thought is how could you possibly go back to daytime, normal work and living for a week or two weeks or three weeks and then pick up again and continue in three weeks' time at a crematorium at a cemetery or a church and, and have one day then of the the funeral and then go back to normal again afterwards. The whole break in between, I think, is what we would find very difficult to deal with here. Uh, one other thing uh, you mentioned there about you know, coming out of the pandemic and but what are you noticing? What has remained um, uh, that came in during the pandemic and what has fallen away and we've gone back to a, a more regular scenario? I suppose the, the main things, the three main things that have changed that we see, I suppose, moving with the times, Joe, or online would be, first of all, condolences online um, between the radio and the RIP website and that and the, the newspaper websites that people can now and do now offer their condolences 
to the family from anywhere in the world at any time of the day or night when they when they hear it. So obviously between phones and that, people hear a lot more the funerals that uh, somebody has died around the world. But you can you can now very easily go online on your phone or on your computer and send a very important message simply to the family, and that does make an awful difference. So online condolences is a huge difference. Secondly, webcams in churches has become um, unbelievably popular. That you know you mightn't use it yourself, but there is. There is a group of people out there, maybe the elderly, who just find it very comforting and very safe to watch the mass of somebody they know, the funeral mass online at home in their own safety of their house. And I suppose the third thing, we would see uh, donations. So over the years, donations in lieu of flowers to maybe the hospice or to a, maybe the, 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 the blind or cancer research or something like that has become quite prominent. And we see now that we would always have had a donations box in the in the funeral home for people to put something into as they pass by going through, right. and sometimes that could be substantial. Okay, but but big numbers are back <clears throat> in churches and at funeral homes. That's happening again. Yes, we're yes. back. We're getting back to normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Really interesting to talk to you about all of uh, that, including the main topic of our conversation. And thank you very much uh, for your clarity on it this morning. That's Graham Cleisure from the Irish Association of Funeral Directors. Your views. Your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.